Good morning. It's good to see you guys. It's always nice to be here. All right. That was some, some powerful music this morning. Thank you to the worship team. Um, do you guys believe the words that you were singing? You know, God is the Lion of Judah. Um, what else? Be thou my vision. Um, good, good father. Is he a good, good father? Yes. Um, when I was thinking about you guys these past couple of weeks, I wanted to talk with you this morning about different types of belief. And um, so the first thing I did was I looked up uh, the word believe in the dictionary. And um, I came across that first slide there. Um, second one, sorry. So that'd be great, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not very tall. So um, believe. Believe is a verb. So a lot of times, you guys remember back in the old days in school when you learned like action words? And when you think believe, that's something that's really, it's in your head, right? So we're not thinking there's a lot of action involved. But interestingly, you know, when you're sleeping, that's also a verb. It doesn't require much action on your per, um, part, but it's something that we do. Um, and believe, it's to accept as true or to feel sure of the truth of. Or it's to hold something as an opinion or think or suppose. So it's kind of two different um, types of belief there. Uh, One is an opinion or a thought, and one is to accept something as truth. So for example, if somebody asked me what I was doing on Friday three weeks ago around 3 p.m., I might say, I believe I was driving to the high school to pick up my son. Um, And I can give a pretty accurate answer because I have a fairly regular schedule. But I couldn't give like absolute certainty because that may have been a day that he was off early. I'm not, like, sorry, I just feel like it's really high up and I'm not very high up, so thanks. I know how you're doing That's perfect. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, so it could have been a day that he went home with friends. It could have been a day he was out early. I'm not sure. It was a few weeks ago, but generally speaking, I believe I might have been driving to the high school to pick up my son. Um, so that's kind of that general, I think, I believe, I have an idea of. But if I were to ask David, what color, don't look at your wife, what color is her eyes? What color are her eyes? Brown. Brown? Do you feel sure of that? Are you positive? Yes. All right. It's not something you believe or you think. You're, you have no doubt in your mind that your wife's eyes are, are brown. Thank you for making it an easy question. <laughs> Should I ask your anniversary next? <laughs> Uh, you know, when I was first writing this, one of the things that I had put in here was, if you asked me last time it rained, I would say maybe a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, and then I went back and was like, well, now I have to change my notes because I know it rained yesterday. So that kind of threw, <laughs> threw everything off. Um, uh, but there's certain things that we know without a doubt. There's certain things that we're certain of. Um, like if I ask one of you in the back row what color are my eyes, you might not know because you probably haven't been gazing into them like David gazes into his wife's eyes. But if I asked, like, Josiah or Noah over here, what color are my eyes, without even looking at me, they could tell you. Josiah, what color are my eyes? Greenish blue. Yep. Um, Not that he's spending too much time gazing into my eyes, but he's known me his whole life, so. Uh, (laughs) So if somebody asked you if you believe in God, where do you fall in your belief? Do you have an opinion, or do you know? What about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Is that something you have an opinion on? Is that something you think or might have happened? Or is it something you know without a doubt that that is truth? 
I think that most of us want to say, I know this. This is true. This is absolutely 100% truth. I'm unwavering in it. But that may not be the case. So from time to time, maybe we wrestle with doubt. And I think that even those of us who are firmly planted in our faith and those of you who've like built your life on it, you could say, you know what, there are times when I waver. There are times when I struggle. Um, but I have built my life and I operate on the certainty that Jesus Christ is Lord. But I want to explore together where we are in that belief and kind of what end of the believing spectrum we might be on. Are we just holding something in opinion or are we holding something as truth? And how can we know kind of where we fall on that? And I think kind of the best way to examine our own heart is to turn to scripture and look in the Bible. Um, I actually asked Josiah if he wouldn't mind reading it this morning. It's kind of a long passage. And uh, I just want to make sure you're not just listening to my voice this whole time. So Josiah, if you wouldn't mind. Um, Marty, we're going to go to the scripture verses. All right, this is James 2, 14 through 26, if you wanted to follow along. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Okay. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that, and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did, and the scripture was, fulf- and the scripture was fulfilled complete by what he did. Oh. Okay, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab, Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So if you believe that God is real and that Jesus died and was resurrected, if that's what you know to be true, then you might be referred to as a believer. Um, we can go to that next slide, Marty. If you look at the definition of believer, believer is a noun. Do you guys remember? What is a noun? Do you remember? Person, place, or thing, right? So in this case, believer would be a person. Um, And a believer is a person who believes that a specified thing is effective, proper, or desirable, um, or it's an adherent of a particular religion, someone with religious faith. I think in in the case of being a believer in Christ, we're both. A person who believes that something is effective, proper, or desirable, um, and we're an adherent to to a a specific faith. Um, At least we're trying to be adherents of that faith. Sometimes we may not be so successful. 
Uh, when you think about those two different um, definitions and you weigh them against uh, scripture, think about where you might land on that. I was talking to a friend uh, who's a believer. She believes. She believes that God is God. She believes that Jesus died and rose again. And uh, she has a desire to grow closer to God. Um, But she told me that she doesn't like talking about her beliefs with friends. And I can understand this because sometimes I really feel the most effective form of witnessing to others is not through words. It's through action. It's through life, the way that we live. And then when they come to us with questions, that's kind of the open door um, to, to talk about it. So I, I understand where she's coming from that, you know, she doesn't like to talk about it with friends. Um, but she went on to tell me that the reason she doesn't like to talk about it is because she doesn't think it matters. She thinks that people can live peacefully and respectfully believing what they want, and we don't need to tell them about our beliefs. And I agree that all people of all faiths and backgrounds and beliefs can live peacefully and respectfully. And they can even be friends, and they can even enhance each other's lives. We can either even grow from one another, even when we don't share the same belief, even something as fundamentally deep as a belief in God, whatever God that may be. We can still grow and learn from one another. But I would pose this question. How fervently do you believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him, as it's written in John 14, 16? or 14, 6, excuse me. How fervently can you believe that and not share it? Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the comedian slash uh, comic duo uh, Penn and Teller. You guys familiar with them? Um, one of the men, Penn Jillette, uh, Marty, if you want to cue up the video, uh, Penn Jillette is an atheist, and he's not quiet or shy about his um, belief in no God or lack of belief in no God. <laughs> Uh, He's not shy about that, and he made a video a while ago, it's a pretty old video, that I wanted to share with you guys. And he was truly complimentary. It wasn't in any way, it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice and sane and looking me in the eyes and talked to me. And then gave me this Bible. And I always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell, and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people should proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, How much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed, you know, shut up about, that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, for that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, and I've thought of it conceptually. This guy was a really good guy. He was polite and honest and sane, and he cared enough about me to proselytize and give me a, a Bible, which had written in it a little note to me, uh, not very personal, but just, you know, like to show and so on, and then like five phone numbers for him and an email address if I wanted to get in touch. Now, I know there's no God, and one polite person living his life right doesn't change that. Uh, but I'll tell you, it was a 
very, very, very good man. And uh, that's really important. And with that kind of goodness, uh, it's okay to have that deep of a disagreement. I still think that religion does a lot of bad stuff, but man, that was a good man who gave me that book. That's all I wanted to say. I think it's interesting that somebody who completely professes that he's an atheist and he knows there's no God is saying, I don't respect when somebody who does believe that there is a God doesn't share that. And I think that that's a very profound wisdom. Because if you believe, as he was saying, in heaven and hell, and you believe that people might go to hell, why aren't you telling people? And, um, you know, that there's, there's a certain level of respect that, that occurs when people are doing that. And it, it can be scary. Because, like my friend was saying, she, she feels like a lot of arguments can come out of that. She's right. And a lot of arguments can come out of that. But if you had the cure for cancer, would you keep that folded up in your pocket? Jesus is the cure for eternal death. He's the giver of life. And if he's the foundation of our belief, of your belief, then why would you want to keep that in your pocket? Is your faith in God an opinion? Or is he the truth? A lot of people struggle with sharing their faith for fear that it will become an ugly argument or it will break relationships. And sadly, that does happen. There are a lot of broken relationships because of religion, um, which I, I hate using the word religion because in a relationship with Jesus Christ, it doesn't feel like what we hear the word religion used as, right? I think of religion as being what we do, kind of motions we go through. And, and you know, I think about a relationship with God as being so deeply personal and so life-giving and so filled with joy that I hate to just call it something that everything's categorized under. Um, but that's the word that's known to most of society, right? And um, the feelings I have on it don't, don't change that that's just the way it is, right? Uh, but sadly, religion has done a lot of ugly things, like he says. A lot of wars have happened. A lot of um, people have been killed in the name of God. I would argue to say that it wasn't in the name of God. Uh, and we don't have to engage in those ugly arguments, but we also don't have to remain silent. And it's very difficult, and it can be really challenging to kind of find that balance, knowing when to speak, knowing when not to speak, knowing how to speak. It's a huge challenge. First Peter three fifteen through 17 says, uh, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I think some of us forget that part sometimes, the gentleness and respect. Um, sometimes uh, I've come across people that are like, but it's the truth. So you've got to tell them it's the truth. And it's just like, yeah, you know what? You can be right, but wrong at the top of your lungs. You ever heard that saying before? You know, kind of like when you get in an argument, you may be right in what you're saying, but you're wrong just because you're yelling at somebody or you're rising up emotions that don't need to come into it. Because um, that's not very gentle or respectful, especially when you're talking about something that can be so potentially hurtful um, and so potentially healing. So the gentleness and respect are so important and always having an answer for the hope that we have. Let's think about, and if you don't have an answer for the hope that you have, it'd be a good thing to explore. What is your answer when somebody comes to you and says, why do you believe? Is it, I don't know why I believe. Is it because I was raised that way? Or is it, 
well, these are my experiences. This is what, what life has taught me, and these are the things that I've seen written in Scripture, and this is how I've seen it play out. These are the factual historical things, and these are how I've seen that still happening today. Um, we all need to explore what is our answer when somebody asks me, why do you have this hope in Jesus Christ? Uh, let's talk about those definitions of believe again. If we land in the space of opinion, how do we get to the space of acceptance of truth? I don't think there's a clear-cut answer for everyone, which is always really discouraging when a pastor is standing up here saying, so how do you do this? I don't know. Um, <laughs> So we're all unique. We all think and feel things differently. We experience the world differently. Um, Some things that have happened in our life have shaped the way that we think, the way that we view things, the way that we project things. Um, But I do know that God died for every human that has ever walked and will ever walk this earth. And that each one is deeply, deeply loved. I do know that he wants us to walk alongside him. He wants us to hear him. He wants us to feel his love. He wants us to share that love with others. To move from opinion to acceptance, or if you accept and you want to continue growing in that deeper knowledge, that deeper truth, a great place to start is the Bible. Um, Read his word. Ask hard questions. Seek answers. A lot of times people kind of come to a place where they read things and they're like, I don't like that. I, don't, I mean, God is real, but I don't like what this says, and I'm really having a hard time with it. God can handle that. It took me a long time to realize, because I believe that God is God, and God is real, and God is true. There are certain things that I read in Scripture that I just, I don't like, I don't like it. And so it, it took me a long time to realize I can actually tell God that. I can say, hey, God, this is what's written in your word, and I know that you're God, and I know you see a whole picture that I can't see, but I don't like this. I don't understand it. And I've come to a place of realizing I don't have to understand it right now. But I do have to obey. I am called to obey. And I am called to honor. Honor God. Glorify God. So in looking at James 2, 14 through 26, we can see that a believer is a person whose belief is acted on. It's not just the thought. So according to the definitions that we read earlier, that first uh, or second slide... We could say, or maybe it's the third. Sorry, Marty. I'm all over the place. Um, A believer is someone who believes, right? That's a pretty simple definition. If you're a believer, it's because you believe in something. You can be a believer in gravity. I'd say we all are. I'd like to lessen my belief in gravity the more I eat, but it doesn't work that way. So, but, you know, I believe in gravity. And if I stop believing in gravity, I'm not just going to fly off the face of the earth, right? Gravity is gravity whether I believe or not. So whether we believe or not, truth stands. But if I do believe, I'm a believer. That's the simple, simple definition of that, right? But according to the scripture that Josiah read for us this morning, James 2, 14 through 26, a believer is not just somebody who believes. It's a person whose belief is acted on. It's not just a thought or an opinion or acceptance. It's the forward motion of that belief. You're not called just to believe or just to serve. You're called to serve in response to belief. During the summer fires, um, I would say, do you remember? But of course you do, because we're in California. Uh, During the summer fires, my sister, um, she lives in Oakley. Her neighborhood was evacuated. And uh, the fire that started there, was it was really sudden. Um, Does anybody here live in the Oakley area? Yeah? So there was a, it was pretty, she lives in the 
over off uh, Laurel and Maine, you know, kind of back in the newer neighborhoods. And it was just, it was a really sudden thing. And it was unexpected, of course. And it, um, she had no time to prepare. She just had her and her husband, they had two little, little kids at the time. Her baby was like a few months old and her toddler's three. And she just like packed them up, got in the car and drove. They came over to our house in Antioch, you know, where it's perfectly safe. And um, from fire. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> she left with her husband, the two little kids. And fortunately, the, the fire didn't progress. And she and her ha- family were able to return home the same day, you know. Um, and we were sitting in my kitchen talking about, well, what should I grab? What should I grab? What would you grab? You guys have met my husband, Ezra. Most of you have met Ezra. She looked at Ezra and said, what would you grab if you had to you know, evacuate quickly. And he said, I would grab a rake and I would put everything in a giant pile and hope it was all gone when I got back. <laughs> you guys, we've lived in the same house for 20 years and we have five kids. So just to paint that picture, you can see grabbing a rake is not such a bad idea. <laughs> um, so, you know, we we're all kind of talking about it. And since then, she made a document tote uh, and in that document tote are, of course, important documents. And then she put a few important items, things that are important to her, kind of sentimental items that are with that document tote, so that in the event that that happens again, she could just grab that stuff and go with her kids and her husband, of course. Um, so if someone told her that there were going to be a fire in three days and her home were going to be completely wiped out, do you think she'd do anything different than just the tote? What do you think? Yeah. So if you know that there's going to be something that's absolutely 100% going to occur in three days' time, your preparation's going to look different, right? Because I think preparation for imminent destruction looks a lot different than preparation for potential evacuation. So our call to action is, uh, as believers, it's not a mystery. As we read in um, James this morning, food for hungry clothes for the cold, meeting needs. It doesn't say to provide for every want, but if we see true needs and ignore them, is that a reflection of who Jesus is? And I don't say Jesus was, because Jesus is, right? You as an individual cannot meet every need. We, as a church, along with other believers and other churches, we can work together and we can show the world, people of all faiths, all backgrounds, all lifestyles, that they matter. They are loved. Your acts of kindness, they aren't going to save you. Your belief alone is useless in the expansion of God's kingdom. But both acting together, a believer who puts their belief in action, not just a thought, we can change our relationships, we can change our homes, We can change our neighborhoods, our communities. We can even change the world. We have that much power through Jesus Christ. And, you know, there are very few things that when we pray, you know, a lot of times we're we're unsure of what God's will is. You know, God, if it's your will, could I get this job? Or, you know, God, I'm not sure what you want from me right now. But but there are a few things that we can pray that we know 100% that it is God's will. And it is God's will for all people to come to a saving relationship with him. That is not a question. God loves every person who ever has and ever will walk this earth, and his desire is for them to know his love. 
It is the greatest love that exists. And for us to kind of keep that hidden inside and not share it, it's a travesty. It's not what we're called to do. We're called to be fishers of men, right? We're called to go out and share the, world, share the word, share the gospel, share the love. And sometimes that starts with something as simple as providing a meal or maybe giving a foot tap instead of a hug right now. Um, or, you know, just a cup of coffee with a friend, a scarf for somebody who's cold. There are very simple acts of love that we, that we can do. Um, I have something for you guys this morning. First minute. Actually, yeah, I'll have uh, um, Josiah and Elena. Do you guys mind talking? I have some bookmarks for you. Um, you guys know I like I like like little tangible things that help you remember something. So there's a couple of different here. You just grab the stack and you can, that'd be great. So I have a little bookmark for you guys to remember. That um, Marty, do you mind putting up that first slide? So um, just as a reminder that when you're a believer. Um, that a believer is somebody who's acting on their faith. It's faith in action, right? So you believe, you're a believer, you need to act on that. It's an action word, and it's not action word, verb, as written in the dictionary because it's, you know, something happening in your brain. We're called to have it acted out with our bodies as well and with others. You know, when Ezra saw these, when I was making these, um, he said, you know, Karen, it's political season, And I have the little parentheses around the R at the end of Believer. And it's like, okay, so there are no political implications on this. I was like, isn't that a capital R? It's not the same thing. So I'm just going to clarify in case you look at that and you're like, well, what kind of agenda is being pushed here? None at all. No, No political implications. Yes, God's agenda. You're right. There is an agenda being pushed, you know. Expansion of the kingdom of God. Um, Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your heart. And I just pray that each heart in this room would be seeking after your spirit and that you would guide us to know if our thoughts, if our mind are truly, fully, 100% yours. Help us to examine and see if we've just come to an opinion, if we just think something or if we've truly accepted it, and if we're living it out, if we're acting on it. God, help us to be believers that are wearing, that let our love wear work boots, God. Let us be people that go out and serve. Let us be people that are a safe place to land. Let us be people whose hearts are a reflection of your heart, God. And any areas where we are struggling with that, any areas where we are maybe feeling less than confident or fearful, God, would you address that with us? Would you lead us to the right people that can help us talk through that or process whatever's going on to keep us from serving you out in the best way possible? Lord, lead us to the path that you've written for us. You are the author of our hearts. You are the author of our mind. You're the author of our life. God, and I just pray that you would guide each footstep. Lord, and that you would give us opportunities to meet others and lead them to you through love through gentleness and respect. Thank you, Father, for who you are. You are truly a good, good Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.